Hello and welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. Let's tune in to today's message. To a deeper work of His Word if you hang on to the old things that at one point was so dear to you. We're changed from glory to glory. He just got done saying this. Somebody knocks on the door. Who was it? It was a ruler. The ruler said, Jesus, my daughter is dead. Now this is recorded in all four Gospels. And this is what it says. The ruler worshipped Jesus saying, my daughter is dead. Here comes that word death. And when Jesus heard dead, he turned and the disciples said, and they followed and they followed him right to his house. Because Jesus knew that the father will do something with death. He worshiped him saying, my daughter is dead. Have you ever thought that you could worship your creator by saying, I am finished. I am dead. I am nothing. I have nothing. When Jesus hears that, he will come to your rescue. So interesting, it says Jesus turned right and walked right after him and his disciples followed him. Because the disciples saw the principle of the creator. They said, death, oh, that gets the attention of God. That gets the attention of Jesus. And it gets the attention of the disciples. And so they walked. What did they do? They went, walked over to their house and the daughter was raised from the dead. New wine, new skins. If you're going to sit in the old ruts, of your theology of how you've always thought things, you will never have new wine. And your old testimony, though it was so marvelous, is soon going to be worn out, and you'll need another one just like it. And you will not get it if you hang on to old wineskins. We need to be changed. God, what are you saying at this moment? What are you saying at this time? I will conform to that. I'll open my heart. I'll give you room for that so that you can pour in new wine. Amen. This is a wonderful truth. You take a message like this in a religious setting where they've never heard almost of faith beyond salvation. There's half of the people or a majority of them. Some would even dare to walk out because, oh, that's something I've never, never heard. That's something I don't want. Old wineskins were hanging on to what I used to have years ago. No. Doesn't change the fact that I have been born again back there, but that's not the skins I walk in anymore. I walk in a resurrected life, renewed every day. Hallelujah. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12, I'm going to read several verses, actually 13, 15, 17, 18, and 19. I'll read down through here and just follow me. Oh, our God, this is now, here comes the militant Ammonites. The Ammonites and the Moabites of Mount Seir, they came against Israel, which Israel bypassed them on the way in from Egypt. 
And now they were enemies and they were looking back and saying, God, what have we done here? You have not allowed us to fight them and to bring them to naught. When we passed them, now here they come. They're going to give us trouble. And here was Jehoshaphat, and this is what he says. Some of you know the story, but I'll repeat it. O our God, will thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Notice something? Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are on thee. Verse 13. And all Judah stood before the Lord and their little ones and their wives and their children. O people, this is a household experience. When the enemy comes in and he challenges you with things, financially or everything, no, no, Father, not just you go on your face. You take the family and you take them all down on your face. If one of you have a, has a problem in your life, you take the family on your face. You go down and you acknowledge this as a family. So many times there's a cross in that that we don't want to admit because Daddy takes care of everything. And mama takes care of everything. No, here they went. The whole family went on their face throughout the camp. And God, when he sees one man on his face, when he sees the family on his face, when a man, when a husband is struggling in his marriage or is struggling with something, and, he, and, he, and the son and the daughter hears his cry when they're all on their face, you're going to get God's attention. See, sometimes that's the cross that daddy has to wear his best when he gets in the presence of the people because he's the one that never admits when he's wrong anyhow. But now when he lays in front and he's worshiping God, saying, God, I have no answers. I am done. God, I've tried everything. It doesn't work. And have the family respond the same way. Can you see the families of Israel over the fields of Samaria and into Jerusalem? Can you see them laying face down in the ground together and saying, God, the Moabites, they're coming. And from Mount Zir, they're pouring out down through the tree lines. And there they come. And we're like dead ducks. What will we do? And God says, watch. Verse 15, and he said, hearken ye all Judea, or Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord, be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. There can be a thousand, ten thousand, twenty million, twenty billion. It's not in numbers. Do you hear me? Your enemy is never in numbers. Even though you might say the whole world is against you. Are the problems that you have, it's never in numbers. It's in one number. For the battle is not yours. If the battle would be yours, I would be concerned as well. I would tell you, you need to take your best ammunition. You need to take your best trained people and put them in the front and be very strategic about what you're wanting to do. But the battle is not yours. The battle is not yours, it's mine. I will only instruct you several things. Remember, when I received this battle is when you said, God, I don't know what to do. That was nothing. There was no suggestion. You need to do, do, do. No, there was no suggestion. It was God. I don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. God heard that and he saw death. And he said, that substance, I'll make something out of that. What did he do? He just, just stand still. Watch the next verse. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. 
Remember where you are. Remember who you are. Remember what you said. And then stand still. Just stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. You see, you cannot stand still. Imagine these people. Here they stood. Stand still. Now look at this. Here comes a, a multitude of people. I mean, they have ammunition like we do not have. They are our absolute threat and there is no question we are dead people. Stand still. See the faith? I see another thing in this. There was substance for them standing there. It's like this. Yeah, but they're coming. And they whisper to each other. See that? They, now they're over that hill. Look at that. And God just told us we have to stand still. I can't move. And here they come closer. And they come closer. And I don't know how close they got. They might have come up within a couple feet. And if they would have said, you know, we're not going to listen to what God says. We're going to run. They would be dead. But because they were dead when they stood, having no ammunition, God saw it. And he dealt with them. And they killed themselves completely out down to nothing. Stand still. Sometimes that's a huge cross. And in fact, if you read the Bible on the whole armor of God, it simply tells you one thing. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Some of the hardest things that religious people can do. Because we got to be busy. We got to do something. We got to. No, stand still. Rarely have I ever seen anything in the Bible where it, where it shows us any different way to approach an oncoming army, an oncoming enemy, than to stand. And you know what? In my understanding of this, taking a stand, probably one of the hardest things, because sometimes it's hard to stand in your home, in your church, wherever you are, to stand. You're not asked to go out there and put up a big fight because we fight in faith. It's the only fight that God has ever authorized us to do, is to fight in faith. Amen? Do I dare conclude then that fighting the fight of faith is an easy fight? Paul said, it's a good fight. Because I never get bloody by it. Oh, may God help us to understand faith and substance. So that the creator can continue to create. Well, let's look at several more verses in Jehoshaphat verse 18 bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah. And inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now the Levites, namely Kohathites, the Kohathites, and the children of Korhite, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. You see, at this point, all at once, they saw the victorious theirs. And then the praising starts. You see, this false praise that we see, now it's time to praise the Lord. No, we praise automatically when we see the battle has been won, even far before we see him laying in the field. That's when praise starts. And they erupted, and it says with a loud voice through Jerusalem, they praised God, and yet the enemy was still out there. Think of that. Verse 21, this is... The very principle that I have asked and put together this singing group here. Right here. And when he had consulted with the people and appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. 
That is the very reason, that was the thought that God put in my heart, where I said, we need to assemble ourselves a ministry of singers. It's a ministry. That's why they sing. Because of the victory that is won and is being won and will be won. Verse 22, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come out against Judah, and they were smitten, all of them. Every last one of them, they were laying in the fields. They were dead. They were gone. Now, there's a new strategy that I've heard about that people are doing is, you know, and we've heard it. When you see that there's something bad coming, and so just start praising God, that'll chase him away. No, no, that's not how it works. It's the faith that makes you praise God. It's when you see that they're defeated. This victory is going to be won. I see it. I see it in the promises of God. He told Abraham, you'll be a father long before I had children. And Abraham declared, it. I'm going to be a father of many nations. Oh, look at it. How many children do you have? Nothing. Mm, nothing. Do you see something here? Do you see that the creator is looking for nothing to do something? Because if you are something, he can rarely do something with you. So he takes. Now, for instance, you might say like this. Well, how does it work with a man that walks with the Lord? Okay, well, we walk with the Lord. A lot of us, we walk with the Lord. And I walk with the Lord. And so, well, how does this work? That what should I die to? Well, there's things in my life that he will show me that I need to die to. And when he shows me, I will certainly die to it. And then he will resurrect out of that. You see what I mean? It's not necessarily this one-time thing that you once did and now you'll never have to do it again. There's areas in your life that you have opportunity every day because death works in us so that life can work through you. So that the life of Jesus Christ can come and spring forth by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, open our eyes. They started. Thank you for listening to today's program. We hope you were blessed. This program is made possible by the generous donations of our listeners. Check out our website and get our weekly word e-letter by signing up at www.ministriesofwayneweaver.com. Until next time, God bless.